actually, if I just hold it here, can you give me a test? Test, test, test. I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to I Don't Get It. It's a podcast about performance in Edmonton. Um, I'm Fonda. I'm Colleen. And uh, Paul is not here this week. Paul is out bonfiring with the Rapid Fire Theater. So um, Colleen and I went to go see a pretty big show last night. Yes, we saw Edmonton Opera's production of Don Giovanni. Yeah, and so we're going to talk all about that. But first, um, I'm going to acknowledge one of our new sponsors uh, of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, um, uh, with, with a very special ad. This episode of I Don't Get It is brought to you by Yes Painting, a new social enterprise started in Edmonton to help you spruce up your house while giving youth who have had it rough a chance to build a better future for themselves. Yes Painting works just like any other contract painting service. The difference is that the work is done by young people who have been involved with youth empowerment and support services, which helps 15 to 21 year olds who are facing difficult realities such as homelessness, trauma, addictions, or neglect. Yes Painting teaches business skills and life skills, pays the workers a living wage, and donates half of the profits to youth empowerment and support services. Yes Painting is making the world a better place one job at a time. Check it out on social at Y-E-S-S Painting, and please sign up for your free quote at Y-E-S-S-Painting.com. I need my living room repainted this year. Maybe I should give them a shout. Excellent. <laughs> cool. All right, so Colleen, um, we saw Don Giovanni last night, um, opening night, luckily enough, so there's actually still two performances to catch later this week. Um, can you give us a bit of an idea of where Mozart's Don Giovanni lies in the grand the grand canon of opera? <laughs> so probably people are familiar with Don Giovanni because it's part of the basis of that movie Amadeus that, that about Mozart and Salieri. I don't know. I had to watch it in junior high. Probably other people did. Oh, right. Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, Don Giovanni is uh, was written by Mozart in seventeen in the seventeen eighties, um, and Mozart is from Vienna. He grew up, uh, or he well yeah, he was writing symphonies or whatever by four. So he grew up in Vienna and was popular there. Um, but he was invited to Prague for a few years in in the in the seventeen eighties, and this was right when. Um, Prague actually burnt down around 1700, but then did did very well after the Industrial Revolution. And so there was money and merchants and artists flocking to Prague, and they built it as what you know is now as this very Baroque, beautiful town. And so basically Mozart got to go and party there for a few years and hang out with all the artists. And, and that's where he wrote Don Giovanni. Not not when he was four years old. He was much older by then, right? <laughs> well, not much. He died when he was like 30. So he was like 24. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm probably, that's probably not exact. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> he was born in 1756 and he wrote this in 1782. So somebody out there do the math. Actually, I think it's pretty close to, you know what? Not important. Very close. Moving on. <laughs> that was a pretty good guess. <laughs> so, um, so he, yeah, so he goes to Prague and he's hanging out with all these artists and there were there was a librettists there were uh, there was a librettist in the area that was writing um a don juan story and the don juan stories are actually there's there's a quite a theme of them through through europe in the the 1600s and 1700s the don juan theme started in 1630 in spain and was a cautionary tale for young men about 
um, about uh, temptation and sin and all that about stuff. About being licentious jerks? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so the story is, is there's uh, Don Giovanni, uh, in the very beginning of the opera, murders the father of a woman he's abused. And um, and then he and his, his, his buddy spend the rest of the opera sort of flouncing around t- tempting women and there's and then a group of women uh sort of come after him and and are ready to to condemn him and then at the end the the, the man he murders comes back and drags him to hell yeah yeah as 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 a ghost um yeah. you know so being a classical opera it's no real secret we're not giving away any major plot points or anything everybody knows sort of what happens so um can you tell let's talk a little bit about this uh how edmonton opera staged this one absolutely so um i had the good fortune to actually see don giovanni in prague which you could probably do any day of the week when you're there they're super proud of it um and when i this was maybe a better part of a decade ago and so when i saw it staged there it's staged in beautiful rooms and beautiful costumes and it's very much about enjoying don giovanni's um cadism you know Mm -hmm. boys will be boys and he and his buddy flounce around and and the songs are very fun and he's you're made to find him charming and so the production we saw last night i thought the staging was really interesting because you come in and it was this it was sort of staged like a like a coliseum but big black dark columns Mm -hmm. and it also made me think of a parking garage (laughs) kind of yeah it kind of looked like a flashy parking garage yeah like a flashing parking garage in rome or spain or something yeah where you're like i'm kind of just looking over my shoulder yeah yeah well it felt it felt creepy and i think that i i mean i think of course that was deliberate Yes. Oh, absolutely. And then at the end of the first scene, again, sort of giving away something here, but the actual, and it looks like a big building. Mm-hmm. The The entire building cracks, like the foundation literally cracks and crumbles. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking about, and obviously we're getting to the point here is that in the, in the time of Me Too, um, you know, we're, we're watching foundations crack and crumble around, around mm-hmm. male privilege and, and things like that. So I think the set really reflected Mm-hmm. That movement very very uh, profoundly. Yeah, I mean, we had a we had some conversations home going home in the car where we're trying to get out of the Jubilee parking lot uh, <laughs> of um, you know like what does it mean to still try and stage these sorry very misogynistic rapey stories <laughs> for lack of um, a better word. Yeah, like I mean they they do feature just sort of like male conquest and you know um, female characters. I think that I think that in this production the direction went in a way where they tried to. To make the female characters really um they have agency and they're interesting but in the same in the same sentence you know there's still a song where one of the you know characters is asking her fiance to beat her right um you know because <laughs> to get it over with and then they can just move on yeah yeah just be like oh i'm so sorry i was flirting with um you know with don giovanni just beat me i'm yeah. a lamb and then we'll forget about it totally um, so you know i think that uh, the way that the the way that they tried to stage it was acknowledging that you know like we're in a different time now this isn't as funny as it used to be no. um but does it work yeah well uh, it does it work i mean i certainly i think that for me anyway when i go and see a, a production if i get feelings i think it's working so normally you'd go and you're like entertained by the song where he's like tomorrow we'll drink some more and then and my husband I was joking about this and he's like oh doesn't Ludacris have a song called Hose in Different Zip Codes or something and you're like oh my god there's literally a song about that in this opera (laughs) so when you're watching it and they're staging it and it's not this sort of big fun production that I had seen in Prague but instead you're watching them sing it 
And you're get. I got little pinpricks on my skin about like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And the show, I feel, acknowledged that this wasn't supposed to be funny or okay. Mm-hmm. It was done in the dark and Laparello, the, the uh, John Giovanni's sidekick, seems uncomfortable when he's doing these things, which traditionally are really big, fun songs. So I, I think, in a sense, it, it wasn't what I expected going in or not traditionally what I've expected, but I certainly sat there and felt uncomfortable not because of a seat or anything but just like <laughs> it impacted me because mm-hmm. you are sitting there and watching this and and this, in this big black dark hole with these characters going i like being mean to women and like yeah like it certainly i didn't sit there feeling nothing yeah yeah it's it's interesting because you know you think about um sort of like the grand old companies like you know you've got the big opera companies shakespeare companies i always think about this when any whenever anyone says oh yeah we're gonna do taming of the shrew this year it's like really (laughs) you know like are we still are we still doing those shows so one thing i was i wanted to ask you just um because I know in Shakespeare a lot, they will do a hard turn adaptation. Mm. They will cross-gender cast. They will kind of like try and change an ending or something. Yeah. How different would it be if, you know, the women... Because one thing I felt about the the way they tried to change the show, I appreciated that, yes, it's not supposed to be really as funny anymore. Mm-hmm. But you still didn't feel... The women didn't feel like heroes or vindicated in yeah. the end, right? So you needed that kind of like big finishing number right um and of course that's not the way the opera is written no so is it possible to adapt an opera enough to make it seem relevant like would they have a soprano come out and do the big the big final dragging to hell yeah you know certainly very interesting if they did i mean so so don giovanni is part of the uh the the repertoire of um drama jico oh my goodness i even practiced this word drama jocolo uh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and so it's part of the, the joking that it's, it's, it's the comic tragic or it's the comic dramatic theme of opera. So it's not true opera buffo, which is just comic opera. Mm-hmm. It always was meant to be a little bit dark, but also funny. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, you're, when you're watching it nowadays, there's, there's no humor. And so, and so the, the two, the two, uh, there's Don Giovanni and Laparello who are, you're supposed to really like, and then there's the women sort of following him around and they are given some nice pieces of music, but they're not given, like, you don't really see into their characters. They're just sort of made dramatic and serious. And so it's very hard because you don't get this moment where it's like, he's been an ass the whole opera and they've been following him around and they never really get their moment. Mm-hmm. And you're you're waiting to just be like, okay. But instead, like, the ghost of her father shows up and he sort of has a moment and it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, how exciting would it be if she actually got to come in there and have a huge moment. Yeah, yeah, like Don, like he still gets his big like wail at the end after yeah. as he's as he's like falling through flames, literal flames into hell. Um <laughs> the staging was super fun. There was fire. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very it was actually it was a really nice ending scene just yeah. kind of like, well, at least at least he got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um yeah, how many operas do people die in at the end where they just fall <laughs> off the back of the stage? Even in the funny ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I I only think of Tosca for that, but yeah, because that was my first one that I ever saw. Um, but yeah, and, and so I guess let's let's. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the staging because I thought yeah. I thought that the set design was really brilliant, um, just in the way that you know you, you talk about the literal foundations cracking. But the way they achieved that was actually to hang half the set for the first half um, from flies. So the and. 
technically, like structurally, it was actually, it kind of affected the way that I watched the first act because it seemed set very far um, yeah. back on the stage. Um, I feel that maybe sometimes the voices got a little bit lost. So yeah. I did, I felt like I wasn't getting as much from the music yeah. um, as as normally when, for, you know, when the second act, when everybody actually moved downstage. Right. Um so, so that I kind of felt a little bit, um, you know, for me, not being familiar with the music or anything like that, I wanted it to be a kind of a right. bit more of a focus, but it was so strongly visual. Mm-hmm. Like the, the set, like the set payoff was there. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and so, and the set design, um, I wanted to actually just acknowledge, uh, Bretta Garricky, of course, the brilliant Bretta Garricky. How did I not guess that? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, and, uh, throughout the second half the set moved a lot more Mm -hmm. um it was very stationary in the first act to sort of get that payoff of the of the big storm and this foundation um the building falling apart really um and then then the second act they moved and so it became um sort of like a a set with a rise in it and there's there's this staircase and they use the staircase in a bunch of different um configurations which really actually made the staging seem more alive and more more. theatrical for sure Mm -hmm. well and it was interesting because as you said they sort of had half the stage on a riser for much of the show and unfortunately there's um uh donatavio played by the fantastic john tessier has a really beautiful song in the second act um but because he was just a little bit further back you didn't really get the full force of him standing at the front of the stage and in a proscenium theater like the jubilee your your big money shot is if you're just standing at the front of the stage with the orchestra below you and you hear every just gorgeous tone um but john testier did a beautiful job of his big aria and um but it was a little bit lost because he was just just back on the stage just that couple of feet Mm -hmm. but God, can he sing? My goodness. And he's got these beautiful high notes that he sort of has to move through very melodically, which is also very interesting because you have, Don, in contrast to Don Giovanni, now that we're staging uh, it with sort of a Me Too thing in mind, probably Don Otavio should be a bit more of a hero figure than he mm-hmm. is. He's the nice guy. He's the nice guy <laughs> who stands by his woman even though she's been abused and he says, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll stand up for you. And so you've got Don Giovanni with these huge... Uh, funny, powerful roles and he's a charismatic character and he's obviously got a great voice. And then you have Donatavio's role and it's set a little bit higher. It's not as funny. It's a bit more melodic. It's gentle. Mm -hmm. and Almost feminine you could say. Almost feminine. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's got a little bit of color going on in there. And so it's interesting that, you know, he's the guy really we should be rooting for. And he has beautiful music, mm-hmm. but it's not the showstopper. Yeah. So yeah. it's really interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed um, the performance by uh, the character um, of Leporello. So Don Giovanni's oh, sidekick. Yeah. I mean, I you know, even though he wasn't, he was a little bit more probably cautious as a character yeah. than <laughs> it would normally be played. But um, fantastic actor. Oh, I couldn't um, take my eyes off him anytime he was on stage. Yeah, Eric Eric Anstein was the, um, yeah, Eric Anstein was um, playing Leporello. And he was just like super, um, you know, you actually identified a lot more with him than you did with Don Giovanni. Totally. Well, yeah. he's meant to be the everyman. Like, this, the, the, the opera opens with him talking about, like, oh, my master, he's being ridiculous again. And the emo- the first thing I thought of was, like, oh, yeah, here's the champagne problems. Like, we all realize <laughs> <laughs> where we're going here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Laparello, you just, you love to watch him. And in other productions I've seen, he's 
everywhere and he's sort of your into this to this to this staging and incidentally when it opened in 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 um uh in, when it was playing in the 1780s the same fellow who sang figaro in the the, the marriage of figaro also played laparello and so the marriage so figaro obviously is the star of that show and he's beloved and all these things so it's interesting that you have a a a, a singer like that in the secondary character so i think it laparello is more important than really Mm-hmm. Then maybe we we would understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about some of the female characters? I I thought that um, which one was Zerlina was really great. Uh, she's, she's a local. Yeah, she's local. Whitney Lay Sloan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she she was fantastic. I think I mostly just she was most noticeable to me because she was wearing this white dress the whole time. She was like <laughs> this like yeah. jilted bride. Well, not a jilted bride. So actually she's sort of like fun. a pre-rape but bride. She's but she's like one of the only <laughs> characters who really got to have fun. Mm-hmm. She hadn't just been raped and. And, like, nothing terrible was happening. She was being seduced. And but... she still ends up with the nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> so she sort of seemed to be allowed to sort of keep it light and fun. Mm-hmm. And she has one of the most beautiful, I think, duets in opera, um, La Cidurem La Mano, with Don Giovanni in the first act. And that's still got to be fun and it's a beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Zerlina was sort of this, like, little beacon of fancifulness yeah mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. i thought anyway she did a great job yeah and then the other two the other two um female characters um donna anna uh, michelle played by michelle cabalbo uh, Capalbo, yes, and uh, Donna Elvira. Donna Elvira was great, oh, played yeah. by Miriam Khalil. Like she I was... loved her outfit too. Oh yeah, her costume was very Spanish, very oh, kind of yeah. sassy looking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She was a uh, she was a fantastic character, and yeah, and I wanted. I mean, in my sort of like you know traditional canon of watching feminist theater or whatever, I wanted her to close the show. Totally, you know, she was the one who was like following him around the entire time, being like, "You're a jerk. You're gonna get it." And, and everyone around her was gaslighting her and she's like no that's mm-hmm. not appropriate and yeah, yeah. and but, then she didn't get to end and it. then she didn't get to yeah mm-hmm. pa- papa ghost gets to end it it's like, <laughs> yeah. but he died oh i also want to call out the costuming for the chorus in the last scene oh they were it was gorgeous stuff they all came out and it was like toreadors with big horns oh yeah it was supposed to look like hell right like totally. they all they all looked like demons and stuff like that yeah it was yeah. it was pretty it was it ended on a nice dark sinister note um perhaps appropriately so for staging this kind of um you know <laughs> piece of misogynist theater <laughs> in in the era that we're in now yeah. um but yeah I, I mean you know if you have a chance to go see it i think it's even worth it just uh for just, the discussion just for, and... for the discussion and also that great freaking set yeah absolutely <laughs> go bretta <laughs> um all right well um thanks colleen for uh talking to us about don giovanni um we're gonna go into our listings right away but first another ad this month's episode of the well endowed podcast features a long-form interview with ann mcclellan who is the chair of the federal government's task force on cannabis legalization and regulation she walks listeners through the legalization of marijuana in canada from a to z The Well-Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, and you can find that and previous episodes at wellendowedpodcast.com. Okay, Colleen. So um, we're back. We're going to do some listings for stuff that's coming up in in Edmonton's 
stage scene. Um, you know, you've heard the podcast before. You know how these go. I'll Indeed. Start, I'll, I'll start. So um, Undercover is still running at the Citadel. That's Rebecca Northen's improv mystery um, where an audience member gets to go in or gets called up on stage and <laughs> helps solve a murder mystery throughout. Um, that's running until April 29th. Also, as mentioned before, Paul will be at the Bonfire Festival and so will many other um, other artists from Rapid Fire Theatre. Um, that's running April 19th to 21st at the Citadel. Um, Edmonton Opera's production of Don Giovanni is running on April 17th and 20th at the Jubilee. Yep. And uh, Infinity is opening this week by Hannah Moscovich. Um, one of the many Hannah Moscoviches that will be running um, around town. That's at Theatre Network um, April 17th through May 6th. We've also got Pretty Goblins at Workshot West um, at the ATB Arts Barns from April 18th to 29th. And that's by the incredible Beth Graham. Uh, Edmonton Poetry Festival is April 22nd through 29th. And that's all over the city. All sorts of like wonderful poetry things. Just check out edmontonpoetryfestival.com. And then the Silver Arrow, which I think is going to be pretty cool. It's going to be very physical. They're working with um, uh, Firefly Theater on it. Um, The Silver Arrow is the untold story of Robin Hood running at the Citadel's McLab Theater from April 21st to May 13th. We also have Ignite by City Ballet, Edmonton's local ballet company, running from April 20th to 22nd at the Tim Center. Great. And then uh, wrapping up the week, actually, Edmonton Flamenco Festival. It's the second year that the Flamenco Festival is running here. Um, April 20th, they have um, a group from Spain coming in at the Windspear Center um, with a production called, in in English, it's translated to The Cry Moves. (laughs) Um, And so if you like flamenco and you want to check that out, um, that's going to be coming up on Friday. Um, Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Colleen, for co-hosting this episode of I Don't Get It. You did a great job. Thank you. (laughs) All right, everyone. um, Go see some shows. Bye. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenov. Sit here thinking about love.